0: Welcome to the Off Trail Podcast. I'm Constantine.
1: And I'm Magpie, and this is a show about light outdoors.
0: Come take a step with us into what it takes to be a hiker, backpacker, rock climber,
1: cyclist, or any other type of outdoor adventure.
0: Let's get to step in. welcome back to the off trail podcast my name is constantine and today i have the privilege to speak with the one and only jenga so jenga man thanks for hopping on
1: hey it's great to be here constantine thank you
0: yeah thanks for like working through this dynamic of being completely across the world so (laughs) jenga right now is in new zealand i'm back in the u.s and i don't know what our time difference is but i think it's like 16 hours or something yeah At 10 p.m over here my brother <laughs> oh it's 6 a.m here man so dude i really appreciate it man like making it work and especially still being on the trail um i know how precious that time becomes so yeah we'll get into all that but man how i like to start this show um, kind of unpack it let you bring it where you will is with a broad big ended open open-ended question and that question is who are you
1: well, I'm a sort of okay through hiker uh, I've started a lot of trails, but I tend to have some difficulty in finishing them. Uh, and I really like to take pictures as I'm walking, and I can kind of sum up my identity in both of those things. Uh, and sometimes I sew things. You know, I've got a few little projects I'm working on.
0: Dude, I love your definition. <laughs> a somewhat okayish through hiker I just looking outwardly in, it seems like you find your like truest enjoyment out on the trail and you enjoy it in a way that, again, outwardly looking in, man, it's just like a special, special way. So that's really why I was really wanting to have you on the podcast to kind of unpack that because, like, there's so many varieties of hiking. And, again, (laughs) looking outward at your hiking sometimes, I get super jealous. So I guess what I'm asking here is, like, how do you structure your hikes and your time on trail? So, like, you currently are on the Tay Aurora. What was the goal going into it? What was the goal you found along the way, like, yeah, just unpack, like, how you structure your, I guess, life on trail.
1: Well, I look at the the trail as a framework for uh, a way to live, live your life outside of the normal bouncy society, and so someone went through the hard effort of cutting trail and putting a red line on a map, and, um, uh, that red line can go and take you to all sorts of different adventures, and I find it hard to resist the call of the side adventures that kind of pop up along the way, um... Uh, just in terms of coming to New Zealand, I wanted to experience something that's really hard to go and find in the U.S. I've done a decent amount of walking in deserts and in the Alpine regions of the western U.S. Uh, but I, you know, there's not really sheep everywhere and rainforests <laughs> with snow-capped mountains behind it. <laughs> I just thought it'd be something pretty cool to come and find down here.
0: I guess I guess, what I'm going for, too, is like, how do you harness that mindset? Because I'm guilty of this. I see this represented a lot in a lot of hikers that are along these trails and you can get sucked within that goal mentality and it might just be from the person you are but like how do you break out of that goal mentality and you still have the goal like you're still walking from point a to point b but like how do you break free from like the constant pursuit of it and just get into the adventure portion of it
1: I'm adventure still the reason I'm out here. Uh, <laughs> in, in real life, uh, we are consumed by the goals that we have to do. I have to go and wake up and put gas in my car because I have to go to work because I have to make money because I have to pay rent. Uh, out here, all I have to do is walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I walk to the places that the the trail takes me to. And I've, I've done, done some hiking where I've just not been successful at it and found that, uh, you know, I, I walked 2000 miles of the PCT, and then it started snowing, and my hike was done. Okay. Mm-hmm. I still had a great time. I still walked for five months, and I did what I came out there to do. And you, you find failure doesn't have to be the end of things. Um, and after becoming so comfortable with setting big goals and not necessarily achieving them. Uh, it, I think, has left me open to a much more flexible uh, way of hiking. You know, I don't have to go and grind miles every day to get to the end of the goal. Um, I just spent this last evening planning out a little side adventure on a side adventure of the TA. So um, uh, you just kind of let the currents of life bring you opportunities. And if you're lucky enough, you maybe get to go and uh, swim along with them.
0: That's a very healthy approach. I actually just chatted with a gentleman a week or two ago and it took him years to find that i mean it took it took me years to find that but it seems like you were able to harness that very quickly because like you you defined it as failure and i guess in the broad not the broadest but like the most specific sense of the term if you didn't go from point a to point b on the pct some people would see that as failure but it's also defined as a a success like you got what you were looking for out of a trail and that's pretty much the essence of a hike it's not granted it's defined by a point a to point b but the essence of a hike is mostly just you're going for enjoyment and you're able to harness that very quickly man so kudos on that mindset because like i said man it takes some hikers years personally it's taken me years like to break free of the classical definition of what everyone else assumes you have to do on these trails is like it's a very freeing mindset and kudos on being able to accomplish it man
1: yeah it's the way i look at it is uh this very well could be my only chance i have to walk in new zealand yeah uh i don't have uh an infinite time scale where i'll be able to walk over uneven terrain with a pack on my back and so if i if i want to do something i the, the the most logical way to do it is to do it as soon as i possibly can you, you find these opportunities that that you maybe come come across, and uh, on the North Island of the Ta, you paddle down the Whanganui River, and then you're supposed to go and roadwalk for three four days out to the next mountain range. And I hitchhiked in the opposite direction to go and walk around a volcano because, well, I was close to it, and it looked like it might be an interesting adventure, and it ended up being terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it, it's not something I could realistically return to now that I'm um, out at the end of the South down and getting ready to head back to the US so I'm glad I took that side adventure. I'm, I'm glad I have these scars that's left on my body and on my psyche. And we're um, <laughs> gonna go take them with me going forwards.
0: Yeah, so I looked at a list of trails that you had done and a lot of the time to get to that realization of the adventure versus the quote unquote, through hike, people kind of play with it along these lesser known trails like for an example grand enchantment trail Hayduke duke trail where this line on the map becomes like at certain points not even safe to follow forward so like the understanding of this like preconceived line on a map changes drastically through the moment and the trails that you've done they've all had that like quote unquote official red line the pct cdt there's a lot of flexibility in the cdt but like azt So, like, they all have had that classically defined red line. So, I'm sorry I'm harping on this so much, but I think it's important, like, to hear for me as as well as all the viewers is, like, to get there through these, quote-unquote, purely defined trails to already get into the mindset of adventure. Was it something you found on the PCT? Was it something you found on the CDT? Was it something you started? Like, was it just part of your life before hiking? Like, to find the adventure... How did, how did that first step happen?
1: I think it's something I learned on the CDT. I mean, there's there's almost as many miles of alternates you can do on that trail as there are of official CDT miles. Um, and uh, so I found myself in situations where it's like, oh, I can go and do this really long dry stretch through a lava field with terrible water situations in it that mm. might be kind of interesting, or I could roadwalk for four days. And I went through the lava field because I thought that might be interesting. Uh, when when in, in Colorado, I was able to uh, take detours to get around snowfields or to visit a hot spring. And it's it, it just becomes the mindset of like, oh, I'm not like not doing the through hike that I intend to do. Uh, I'm not skipping miles. I'm doing alternates. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can have your different reasons for the alternates, but they still bring you to cool places. You're still walking uh, on foot over natural surface footpaths through mountains, then I think that the uh the goal that you're achieving can still be realized. And it just depends on you know having your reason why you're out there. If your reason out there is to hike every step of the Appalachian Trail and you want to go and have the connected footpath and see every white blaze that's painted on every tree, rock, whatever of the of the trail, <laughs> then like then you go and walk every step of the Appalachian Trail. If your yep. if your goal is to go out and walk through mountains for five months, you're going to have a very different adventure.
0: Yeah, it does come down to the, like kind of the diversity of the goal mentalities in there. So I, I guess what is your fuel for continuing this type of pursuit? What is that ignition that keeps you coming back to these trails, whether you quote unquote finish or not, whether you quote unquote have success or failure or not? Like, what is that? Yeah, ignition that keeps you coming back to any trail and all trails?
1: It feels uh, uh, almost existential. I, there's these adventures that I want to do now. Um, but through a um, uh, rather ironic twist of fate, um, I, at the same time I discovered through hiking, uh, I discovered I had a disease that was taking away my ability to walk. Oh. Um, so uh, my, my nervous system is essentially falling apart around me and it's happening really slowly which is good because you can have the time to like realize that something tragic is happening and then do something in the meantime um but my legs aren't going to work forever Wow! Uh, but they work right now and okay. so while they work i'm using the f- I, I'm, I'm, I'm using um as as much as i can to bring me to all of the places that i can so uh failure and like you know okay i hiked for five months i didn't finish the pct but I still hiked for five months. I saw all of these amazing places that I wouldn't be able to see otherwise. And I'm not going to be able to get to the top of Forrester Pass in 20 years. But I was able to go and haul my butt to the top of that mountain and uh, see sunrise light come through the, through the range of light. I mean, those are experiences that stay with you. Um, and I'm trying to go and collect a big basket of those experiences to go and take with me for the rest of my life.
0: Wow, man, <laughs> that's powerful. I, I want to say I'm sorry, but your mindset, you seem very happy within the, not the realization ultimately of where it will be, but like you seem content with yourself in the moment, man. So I want to say I'm sorry, but like you also seem just a very happy person. What's what's the disease called?
1: Uh, it's called Charcot-Marie-Tooth. Uh, it's a sensory and motory neuropathy in the peripheral nervous system. Hmm. Uh, So nervous signals have difficulty traveling through the body and that leads to muscles atrophying and it starts from uh, the parts furthest away from your nervous system and travels inward from that. So like the main main symptom I'm dealing dealing with while hiking is I have difficulty lifting my toes. Um, so as i'm walking i don't pick my feet up high enough over the ground and you catch your toes on rocks and roots and just pieces of the trail and it's like someone steps on your shoelace you just go careening into the ground (laughs) Uh, Jeez! so it's it's it wasn't it's well it's still not fun um but i try to make it fun i i take selfies with most of the things that i trip on so i've got this like (laughs) collection of like pictures of me and a rock like with tears in my eyes. And a lot of times I'm pointing at the rock with my middle finger. Cause you know, this stupid thing brought me pain. <laughs> um <laughs> But, um, uh, you know, you, you kind of pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, you, you know, clean the wounds that the rock gouged into your legs, and then you keep walking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Doing a little research into you before this, man, I saw a picture and it had like a stat and it was like the time's fallen in. I'm like, oh, that's kind of unique that he kind of quantifies the amount of times he falls on trail. I'm like, just another hiker tripping over a rock, but there's also a underlying reason, man. And have you have you ever heard of the hiker named Rocketman, by chance?
1: No, I haven't.
0: So, I met him, like, a year ago, and it might not be the exact same disease, but he's a young guy, and he's, like, 20 years old, and he told me something very similar that 10 years, 20 years down the pipeline, that his body eventually can't hike anymore, and mm-hmm. he he's, again, the mindset is very similar to you, like, he was just a happy guy, like... I wish if I was in the same scenario that I could have the same mindset but knowing myself like I would probably be pretty sad. but like you're harnessing like a power of happiness that's just envious, man like it's it's really impressive that you can find that joy in theres. So I guess it's not really a question that I'm saying here, but it's a lot to unpack, man. like when you're yeah. when you know that this thing, Is going to eventually stop your hiking it changes the context of you as you've said of it so what does that look like you know this you know this end uh, without your choices coming so what does that look like for the structure of your next five years next 10 years next 15 years like what does that mean for you now
1: well i'm trying to be really intentional about the time that i do have and make sure that i'm using it in ways that i'm ideally not going to regret later down the line. Mm. Um, uh, And I'm actively looking for ways to extend my time into the outdoors after I'm like, not able to, uh, to walk anymore. So I mean, there's four wheel drive tracks that go everywhere in the mountains. Mm. And a lot of them go to the same types of places that I love finding while I'm hiking. So Uh, I'll be able to drive a car into my (laughs) 50s at least. (laughs) Um, And uh, um, something like an alpine sunset is going to be beautiful, regardless if I'm able to walk to it under my own power. Um, So you can kind of go and foster a connection with the land around you now and carry that with you into the future. Um, Because the future is scary. But we could all be in a situation where a week from now, uh, we get T-boned in a car accident while driving home. And then that has us paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, and that's something that does happen to people in, without, without knowing. Like, I, I, I have the good fortune of knowing when my car crash is going to happen and the shape that it's taking. And so that gives you context in which you can live your life. And it's, it's not easy. Um, A lot of times it feels like I'm treading water over a bottomless sea of despair. But you swim or you drown. And I'm a damn good swimmer. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you, you keep you keep moving. And it's almost just like I feel like I've, I've got a bank account that I'm, like, making deposits of, like, fragile, beautiful, and perfect memories that I will be able to hold on to for the rest of my life.
0: Wow. Incredibly healthy mindset, man. Is it something – again, this may be an ignorant question because I'm not familiar with this disease. Is it something that you can kind of mitigate through, I guess, muscle buildup? So, again, it's you said it's muscle atrophy, but – is it something mm-hmm. that can be postponed or prolonged by keeping yourself healthy and keeping your body active, or no matter what, it's just going to be at this set point down the, down the line?
1: Yeah. So muscles are very expensive in terms of the energy that's required to keep them around, mm-hmm. and so if they don't receive uh signals and nervous impulses from the nervous system they begin to get smaller so by constantly sending signals down those neural pathways you can forestall the atrophy um but the the strength of the signals going through the wires internally in my body will continue to get smaller and smaller so um Uh, Hiking is actually one of the best things that I can do to maintain my legs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, um, Because the more that I use them now, the more that'll be around, excuse me, the more that'll be around to degrade later on down the line.
0: So hiking at a certain point, it's your truest joy. That's where you get the most enjoyment out of life. But it seems like it's also a, I'm going to use this term here loosely, it's also a medication. Like, medication for the mind but also for the muscles that are also getting built ultimately to a line that they can't progress past but like it continues to medicate the body in the healthiest place it is so it's like hiking has an incredibly impactful meaning for you
1: (laughs) it really does it really does
0: wow man so (laughs) i don't want to focus too much on this man but that is It puts into a whole different context of my mind of (laughs) what I've seen you do, man, and what you continue to do. Like, massive kudos, man. Very, very impressive. And not just like the hiking part, man, just your entire, entire mindset around it, dude. It is really, it's really joyful to hear, man. Like, you have a very healthy mindset. So, there's something I also wanted to talk on, and it might also tie into the muscle disease as well as your hiking and it's the photography that I've seen that you continue to do and incredibly good at man your photos are really cool so is photography a skill a hobby a career that you found while out hiking that ties into those moments that you can no longer hike is it something that to look forward to down the pipeline is it something to look forward to in the moment I guess like what I'm asking here is like what does photography mean to you
1: I feel like we all have an artist inside of us that wants to express creativity in the world. And while I would struggle immensely if he handed me an easel and a paintbrush and said, make something, Mm -hmm. um, I've got a little voice in my head that says, wow, pretty. (laughs) And, um, uh, I point my camera at those things, um, and It's a, uh, it's something I've been actively attempting to improve as I've been hiking. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the, one of the wonderful things about living outside in the mountains is I don't have to wake up at three in the morning to go and drive onto some scenic Vista and catch the sunrise. I can sleep directly on top of the mountains in order to see it. Um, and so in, in a way it's my creative expression of recognizing and documenting um, moments of beauty I find as I'm walking around. And it also gives me something to think about as I'm doing all of the walking. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of leave the creative wheels spinning as you're walking through endless green tunnels because sometimes there's a shaft of light coming through the beech trees, landing on an amanita mushroom. And wow pretty <laughs> click and then you keep walking
0: I love how thoughtful of an individual you are even just within our past 20 minute chat but how you distilled it down into such a si- powerfully simple term is like that's pretty I want to capture it <laughs> so so photography for you becomes I guess just the moment expressing itself and you have the medium to capture it
1: yeah yeah you, you live present in the moment, and I have people tell me that they try to um, avoid taking pictures because they don't want to be taken out of the moment, mm-hmm. and I feel like you have to be present in the moment in order to recognize photographic opportunities, mm-hmm. and i found that, especially with the people that I end up hiking around enough, uh, long enough, Uh, they just get used to the fact that I've got my camera out a lot and sometimes I'm pointing it at them and they're hearing a little clicky sound in the background. (laughs) And, uh, I encourage people to ignore it because it's just, you know, I've got that voice inside my head. that's like, Oh, that's interesting. Um, and then I, uh, I'm just attempting to, to document what's there. And, uh, you know, for, I I have thousands of pictures, uh, that I take that is just like, yep, no, that's not worth anything at all. (laughs) Um, Uh, But you do get little moments of perfection along the way.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard the same argument from people, whether that is a photography medium, a video medium, is like doing these things takes you out of the essence of through hiking or the essence of hiking or the moment itself and nowhere near your level. But like I personally dabble within photography very loosely. I use that word very loosely. But to take a picture of a moment, it seems from my own perspective – It integrates you within that moment deeper, like your eye catches more knowing that you're about to capture something beautiful. Like you look at it through the lens of a camera, you look at it through the lens of your own eyes, but you're capturing stuff that you might not see if that second photo, that two second photo that it takes to take makes you stop and like appreciate where you actually are.
1: Well, it forces you to look at the world with a bit more intentionality, yep. um, depending on what it what it is that you're attempting to to shoot and document. Um, I, I have my, my strengths and I have things that I'm not very good at wow. at all. I, I don't think I do a good job of capturing uh, the reality of through hiking, you know, like mm-hmm. slogging your way up a hill that is also muddy and on top of a ridge because <laughs> in New Zealand water doesn't seem to flow down hills. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um uh i I see other people that do a much better uh, documenting what is actually happening in the day-to-day life because that's what they are thinking about um and by attempting to um uh record what you are existing within it helps you think about it with a little bit more clarity i think Mm -hmm. um and it's certainly allowed me to uh and find little moments of beauty in my day-to-day life.
0: So will photography always be completely intertwined with hiking for you? Is it something that to shoot a photo, to hike, they kind of became become the same? Is it something that you just enhance the experience with?
1: Yeah, it's it is something – so my camera has come with me on – all but one of the hikes that I've done in recent memory. And that is only because I left it on top of the roof of my car while driving away. (laughs) So I found myself six hours away in the middle of the Nevada desert. And uh, I was suddenly a pound and a half lighter than I was expecting to be. Um, Uh, So that was a little bit weird, Um, but I also, I don't know, the camera just comes around with me places while I'm out in real life. It's not necessarily intrinsically entwined with the hiking to where I only shoot while I'm walking outside. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just tends to be that while I'm walking outside, I find many more moments of beauty than I do while I am uh, sitting in my bedroom at home or uh, out at work. So, yeah, um, uh, you end up displaying a lot more of like one side of, of the life.
0: Yeah. And you touched on that. Like the strength may not come in capturing the moment or the reality of a through hike and that talking point. I mean, like it's hard to define these to capture the essence of a through hike. Again, in my own opinion, everybody has their own opinion. It's like, it's impossible. You can't do it within a video with a, in a photo, like, some people are certainly better at showing it than others. But, like, to capture the essence of a thru-hike, it's so personal. The trail's so diverse every single day that what might be the essence of a hike the day prior is completely different the next day. So, like, capturing the essence is something that I don't think anybody can do. So, it's, but photography becomes more about, like, capturing your journey. And, like, you do that extremely well. I mean, I've seen some photos... Of, yeah, like you said, you, the camera doesn't remain entwined directly on trail. I've seen photos of you um, in that month that you took off due to injury of life off trail. And it's just like it becomes a way to express yourself.
1: Yeah, 100 um, percent. Again, it's it's finding moments of moments of beauty within the life. Um, uh, I, I, I I try to tell people that I'm, I'm not taking pictures of things. I'm taking pictures of, of light on things. Yeah. And um, um, light is all around us, uh, always our you know, we, we, we need it, <laughs> that's why we have these like, big expensive organs in our head that we call our eyes. <laughs> um, um, and so you can uh, utilize those, and a fancy light gathering tool that we call cameras to um, uh, to, re- to create little bits of art and some people go and take watercolors with them and they they paint the world around them and i I am envious of those people um, mm. uh, I can't I can't sketch I can't paint I can't draw um, uh, but I can push buttons um, so <laughs> you know we, we find the things that we have have strengths with um, yep. and and you can kind of chase chase life that way
0: I want to dive into your current ta hike the past of the ta because i think it kind of gives essence to just how you hike in general and i want to start at the beginning because you started within that torrential rain that everybody knew in 2022-23 so i guess bring me back bring me back to the beginning and bring me to that point that we were chatting with um before the show about when you ended up having to take a month off so yeah i'm asking can you please bring bring us through that beginning to that moment that the hike had to get postponed
1: well, uh, yeah, as you'd said, there was an absurd amount of rain this year. Uh, I started my hike in mid November, and November ended up being the wettest November on record. Um, uh, it took me something like 60 days to hike across the North Island. And on 40 of them, it rained for over half of the day. Oh, glorious. Uh, <laughs> it, it sort of broke my spirit. I've yeah. always been the kind of person to not Bother with checking forecasts. I figure I have rain gear. If it rains, then I use my rain gear and it justifies bringing it. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, but by the time I'd got to the South Island, I'd spent enough time walking through clouds, you know, <laughs> struggling to see my hand held in front of my face, um, with just total whiteout conditions that I was ready to, um, have some sunshine and see some big, beautiful mountains. Yeah. Um, and while walking over the Richmond Ranges, which are kind of regarded with uh, um, waving hands and wild eyes as being this super gnarly mountain range in, the, um, in New Zealand. It ended up being a super gnarly mountain range in New Zealand. (laughs) Uh, I ended up with a a bit of tendonitis in my knee. Um, And so I took a couple days off to let that heal, which turned into a couple more days off, which turned into a couple more days off, which turned into a month off trail. But even though you're uh, um, off trail and not hiking, um, I was able to do some side adventures that uh, ended up being fairly worthwhile, uh, exploring a few national parks in New Zealand end with the uh, lighter weight on my backpack and um, just getting really uh, in tune with the local community around you
0: yeah I don't think it can ever be expressed in the written word the spoken word photos like the amount of rain that was in New Zealand in 2022 and 23 man it was just uh, it was so demoralizing man <laughs> constant and I think you even got so for people listening you were about I think you started two weeks after magpie and I began the trail And I think you even got it worse than us, man. Like, we were able to stay at the forefront of it just a little bit and still were getting hit by pockets. But I saw some of your updates and photos, man, and you were just in a cloud consistently.
1: Yeah, it it got to the point to where um, uh, I, I spent nine days hiking, nine consecutive days hiking through rain. Um, I got a day and a half of sun, which was nice to just kind of get the kind of moldy, mildewy, sweaty scent out of everything that I owned, (laughs) Uh, which is great because then it rained for 11 straight days after that. Oh, my God. Uh, Every single mountain range I was in on the North Island, with the exception of the, uh, oh, gosh, the Breamheads by
0: uh fun- yeah. funganui heads maybe it's, i'm gonna put um, you the name
1: yeah so going through the bream heads i had nice weather during that but in the river rock and the omahuta forest you have in the very beginning pouring rain through that um everything from uh the Puhoi tea house down to uh south of hamilton it rained on me every day in that stretch oh um God. i did the Tararua's inside of a cloud oh. um it, it was, it yeah, Taranaki, it rained so hard, the rivers got into flood. Um, I was sliding around in mud and broke both my trekking poles and had to crawl across flooded rivers. Uh, <laughs> it was a really interesting experience, like, having, having hiked through the Sierra in 2017 and crossed rivers swollen with snowmelt, thinking, yeah, this is the scariest thing I'm ever going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found the scariest river crossing of my life on the slopes of Mount Taranaki, in new zealand and about 40 minutes later i found an even scarier river so (laughs) what what? it's no joke out here um uh, just so thoroughly wet um gray skies you've got mud up to your knees and well at least it's only 60 degree rain so you're not going to (laughs) get hypothermic um and skin's waterproof so you just got (laughs) to kind of be grateful for that
0: i think i think that's an important talking point because like again, for people looking into New Zealand, the Te Aurora, I was the same way. Like, I'd experienced the Sierras in kind of flooded conditions, a lot of wet, a lot of rain, a lot of snow. But like, even though New Zealand, specifically North Island, doesn't have those wilderness mountain ranges that are 10,000 feet, 11,000, 12,000 feet, the potential for flood increases. Like, it's it's a different level of flood zones than anywhere I've experienced in the US or Canada. Like, the potential for flooding these rivers happens within the snap of a finger because everything's so, again, conditions can apply, but, like, everything's been so saturated with wet and water and rain that any amount, and if it's a consistent amount, will quickly flood it to a level that what could have been Shinhai a few hours ago is now deeper than your head. Like, those floods, man, what was the what was the river that you mentioned, you said Taranaki Mountain?
1: Yeah, so it's it, it was a side adventure off of the TA. Okay. Um uh but it's this really interesting uh national park because they set a uh a, like a six mile radius from the summit of the mountain as national parkland. So if you actually look at it from space, you see a perfect ring of green oh, cool. um, from the native forest uh, surrounded by uh, cleared farmland. But as you're walking along the coast of this or the, the shore of this giant standalone stratovolcano, uh, it collects rain clouds from coming off of the ocean and it gets rain dumped on it over and over and over again. So you have these really narrow flood channels where you could have a trickle of water that's maybe ankle deep. You step across a couple of rocks and you're on the other side of the gully. Or it could be something that's thigh-deep and just raging down the mountain, mm-hmm. um, uh, just depending on how much rain has fallen there. Um, just in terms of TA walking, uh, we there's a lot of sections of this trail that are routed down the bottom of valleys, yep. where the trail itself is the, uh, the banks of the river. And if the water levels rise to the point to where they are beyond the banks of the river, you can't... Uh, you 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 would either become Spider-Man and scale <laughs> the uh, cliff walls in the rain, um, or you have to wait for the levels to recede. Yeah. And it's a totally different style of hiking than I've ever done. A lot different type of challenge.
0: It's a whole different ballpark. I mean, can you g- go into briefly like why this one river crossing was the sketchiest you've ever experienced, even within a high snow year compared to the Sierras? Because like, we talk about the flood levels of new zealand these riverbeds but like it might that story might be able to contextualize like how extreme this these flood levels can actually become so could you like unpack that the scariest river crossing a little bit welcome to our pocket snack ad break now is the time during the show during your hike during your adventure to reach into that hip belt pocket to reach into that gear pouch and treat yourself, get yourself a nice little snack as we go through a bit of our quote unquote ad. Can it be an ad if we're mostly talking about our own company? Don't know. That's uh, that's for better minds than ourselves. So welcome to the Pocket Snack Ad Break. Um, sit down, walk, do what you will, but make sure to grab that snack as you listen in. So we wanted to talk about Eleven Skies. Eleven Skies is the company that we formed two years ago and We are hyper-focused in creating shorts and pants for the outdoors person, the hiker, the backpacker, the rafter, the bicyclist, anything and everything. Built a product that will last for any adventure ahead. And it's also born, the very name is born from the 11 National Scenic Trails. So you can be proud to be representing, promoting, and bringing about awareness to the 11 National Scenic Trails and the very trails that gave us our name and continue to inspire us. So make sure to follow along with us at 11 Skies on Instagram, Facebook, and make sure to go check out our website, 11skies.com, spelled 11SKYS.com, where you can learn all about us and you can get yourself some gear today. So that's the quick pocket snack ad break. Hope you enjoyed your snack. If you're still chewing, keep on keeping on. Let's get back into the show.
1: Right. So this is kind of a fun story. Um, so I was doing this side adventure on Taranaki. Uh, there was this major rainstorm that was happening. Uh, I think it was like a small cyclone that was hitting New Zealand. And so the main section of trail I was supposed to be walking into is the mountain range. Mm. And uh, the, the general advice is don't do that when the rain. So I figured, okay, I'll walk around <laughs> a volcano. That one can't possibly that bad. be that bad in the rain. And uh, the, I, was, I was experiencing 70-kilometer 70, 70 winds. so that's 40, 50-mile-an-hour wind uh, up on the scree slopes higher on the mountain. And that just straight up didn't feel safe. So I'm walking through the rainforest on the lower part of the mountain range. And I'm kind of just getting pitter-powdered from the rain, getting more wet from just wading through the uh, the native bush out there. And um, I'm just stepping across little creek after little creek after little creek. And it's a little bit annoying. It's a little bit muddy. But so far, all is well. Um, uh, I ended up hiking so slowly due to uh, just struggling with navigation and, again, wading through the native bush. (laughs) that the best place I found to camp was uh, at 2 in the morning. I set up in the middle of the trail. Yep. Uh, and waited for the rain to pass. Uh, the next morning, um, all night long, these little creeks that I had been stepping across had been filled with water and were, uh, had be, had become uh, maybe, I, I want to say like a 10 times increase in the normal amount of flow that was happening the previous day. Wow. So um, things that I could step across uh, with one or two rock hops had become something that I, Uh, found myself literally crawling through the river. Um, I would grab on to an exposed boulder stand in the eddy behind it, and then uh, essentially fling myself onto the opposite bank. um, Because with the amount of water that was coming down, it didn't feel like there was any other safer way of doing it. Um, You can't see anything when it's full of silt and uh, leaves and twigs and debris. Um, And at some point, you got to get to the trailhead.
0: How how long did you crawl within the river for?
1: Uh, You know, these were fortunately pretty short rivers. So they were maybe eight feet across. Okay. You just end up with a narrow channel that's flinging a lot of water straight down the mountain. Rather than a wider, flatter river like Evolution or Bear Creek that you might find in the Sierra.
0: Yeah, and I guess to contextualize it a little bit for people that are not familiar with New Zealand... People are hearing this story and they're saying, well, just go walk in the woods to the left. That's not really an option a lot of the time in New Zealand, like especially in those rainforests. Either these rivers are cut in deep channels that you're stuck until the cliffs either mellow out or the brush, the native bush to the left or the right is so thick you literally can't push through it. So like your only option becomes the river.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's either walk through the river or I hope you packed a titanium machete to hack your way through the bush because there's no other way through.
0: No. And I want to get to the injury part, but before we get there, I want to just ask this because the injury part, I want to talk about how that kind of structured and changed your hike, but how did you not let this consistent rain, like as we were talking about, it's super demoralizing So how didn't you let this 60 days of constant just rain and moments of like deep unenjoyment? How did you not let that deter you or break you from the hike? Like, how do you keep going through that? What was the reason that you're like, it's raining. I'm going to just continue ahead because a lot of people would say that's enough. I'm done. Like, yeah. What was the fuel that kept you going through there?
1: Well, I didn't really have any better place to go.
0: <laughs> I love um,
1: it. <laughs> uh, I was I was in I'm I'm in New Zealand waiting for winter to stop happening on the Pacific Crest Trail, so I can go and actually finish that one off. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, they're having the most snow they've ever had um, in out out in the High Sierra. So uh, if it's if you look at a forecast and you see rain every day for the 10-day forecast. Well, I can either spend a week and a half in town being bored waiting for the rain to pass, or I can spend a week and a half being somewhat miserable and hiking through a torrential downpour. <laughs> so I guess you hike through the rain. Um, uh, Skirka has a... Uh, you know Andrew Skirka?
0: I haven't personally met him, but I do know the name, Yes.
1: So he he's he's made a few high routes and there's there's one one pass in one of his routes that stuck with me. He calls it the lemonade pass hmm. because in every every way up and over it, it's just lemons everywhere. Every option sucks, so you just like <laughs> you, you find you find the least sucky option and you make lemonade out of it and you move forward. So like um, you know when you when you you see ten days of rain coming forward, well, water is one of the ingredients to make lemonade, right? <laughs>
0: you just have to find the lemons (laughs) oh man it's simple straight to the point I've heard that answer reoccurring with a lot of hikers that the moments of quote-unquote suck it's like well this is I have no better place to be I could go wait in a yeah like you said hotel room for a week or I could just embrace the suck and I don't like using that term but like you can just embrace the moment and be like this is my reality I chose to be here this is just what I'm doing so it's simple and straight to the point, man. Like, I love it. So I want to get to the injury portion because, again, this is like a defining moment, of course, in your hike, but like it's a defining moment in my head of like the character of person you are because, as you said, those days became weeks and those weeks eventually became a month. And many people would lit if they've been a month off a through hike, they would call the through hike. They would say, you know what? I'm not getting it what I need out of this, they would become demoralized. But like you found enjoyment in the everyday within this month that you couldn't be doing your quote unquote main goal, but like you shifted that mindset. So yeah, this month of injury, can you kind of tell me like how you shifted your mindset of TA, TA, TA and just like became just the experience of New Zealand?
1: Well, when it hurts to walk, <laughs> um uh, and you're staying in a hostel on the second floor going up a flight of stairs every day, um, you have a pretty cognizant reminder on am I ready to go and walk through the mountains all day long yet? Yeah. No? Okay. So what am I going to do instead? Um, And, you know, I could have sat in, in a room and been depressed, but that's kind of my daily life back home, and so I didn't really want to do that in... Um, out in New Zealand. Uh, And so I found other ways to occupy my time. Um, I I was fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of wonderful people who I'm happy to call my friends. Um, And uh, we were able to find ourselves in fun little adventures. I'd, I'd ride bikes around and explore the area. You know, there's fun rock formations. Uh, I ended up picking up a lot of geocaching and these are all just like fun accessible ways to fill time you know like my life isn't going to always be filled by hiking um and so if anything this is good practice for uh, what I'm going to be doing later on down the line um ride, riding bikes is a great way to go and get around and explore uh it keeps you active out in the sunshine um in motion Hmm. and i find that um those kind of tickle the same uh senses that you get while hiking
0: Hmm. and i i want to ask this because like the word connection can be encompassed within so many different varieties on a trail a through hike off trail like the connection defines many people's lives in many different ways But again, outwardly looking in from just doing a little bit of like research on you before this show, it seems like you were always connected to what made you happy. You were always connected to friends that you met along the way. Even when you had to take that step back and do these adventures until your body healed to go back to the TA, you filled it with connection. So what does connection mean for you on and off trail? Like, What does that word mean and how do you like live your life through it? Oh, I mean,
1: I don't even know how to respond to this.
0: <laughs> we got weird. We got deep.
1: <laughs> We're wallowing in the weird. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm being true to who I am, and so by being connected with myself, um, it, it doesn't feel like I could have done anything else. I didn't hmm. necessarily set out this with the intention of I'm going to do x y and z while i'm out here in new zealand um i just kind of lived without a plan and stayed open to the opportunities as they presented themselves and then i followed them You know, i was bumming around in one town for uh for a while until i felt like i'd done everything there was to do in, in it um uh, new zealand has this great system of uh, what they call great walks which are manicured trails in shorter sections of mini through hikes something you can do in three to five days um with a lot of support tied into it they're sort of geared towards more beginning hikers it feels like Mm -hmm. relative to something like uh through hike of the terror um and so i Um, felt like maybe that would be a good test option to see. Eh, I don't know if I'm ready enough to be walking straight up and down mountains on the TA, Mm -hmm. but we can go and walk along beaches for a few days and see how that feels. Um, after walking through that, I found myself in another city with another group of people. Um, and and you just kind of let life lead you forwards you know i ended up feeding eels at a pond um you know see visiting a salmon hatchery uh exploring through natural limestone caves (laughs) (laughs) um just because they were things that are around that that you could explore it ended up culminating with a naked bike ride with a whole bunch of naked people down the coast of new zealand because of course I'm in New Zealand. that's what people do here. Okay, let's go and do this.
0: <laughs> so so it never um, it never became about this journeys not working out the way I planned or the way I expected. It becomes about just being yourself and being open to the journey in the more broad sense. It's just it sounds like you just have the truth of yourself and you just let that guide you is that Is that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, Journeys never work out the way I think they're going to. So it almost feels inevitable that something will happen. And I don't know what the something would happen this time. It was that, I guess my knee hurts. Um, uh, And so uh, you just got to take it in stride and roll with the punches of life. Yeah. Um, Because things happen and you can't really do anything about the fact that the things happen. Um, uh, But you can choose how you respond to them. Um, And if you can go and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're floating down the currents of life in your canoe and it capsizes you and puts you down a different branch of the river. Yep. Okay, well, that's a little annoying. I guess rivers don't also work that way. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's time to go hiking for a little while and you can go and get back to where you were. Um, and you can approach things with the same sort of broad mindset. Yep. Um, uh, just be cognizant of what your your goals are and if if the goal is to explore beautiful wild places of new zealand then i don't need to be hiking the ta in order to do that yeah
0: well i guess i guess why i wanted to unpack that and wanted to focus on that for so much of the show is because generalization here but a month off trail and ultimately you're back on the ta and we're, i want to talk about that but like a month off a hike that people have been planning it would take people out of the equ- 90% of people out of the equation. They would say this journey's done, it's not working out, like I'm just I'm done. But b- being able to harness the truth of yourself and it's not a choice at that point is your mindset just says I'm going to just go with the flow and like it's it's really really refreshing to hear because like that mindset is really really healthy to have along life a through hike like many things so kudos to you man so you got back to so ultimately you got back to the ta you're on the ta now you're hiking through winter um what is this reality now so you're i don't know exactly 300 400 kilometers away from the end um the ta is still your goal you're still along this journey so what's this new reality that's the same reality of the ta for you now
1: uh, it's colder and it's <laughs> a little bit prettier because all the leaves are changing color. Okay. Um, no, this the snow was uh, a bit of a surprise when it came came the first time, um, but in a way it was a little bit of a gift because I've been carrying clothing to handle colder weather conditions for the entire time I was on the TA. You know on. Parts of the north island it never got below 60 degrees <laughs> mm-hmm. so being able to go in without the um the warm waterproof gloves and actually hike in my fleece was sort of a nice change um you know we spend all this time looking at mountains that are just rock and in the case of New Zealand tussock (laughs) up (laughs) above the Alpine zone. So getting a layer of snow on top of it just adds a whole new dimension of beauty to things. Um, I feel really fortunate to be out here in the shoulder seasons and to see some of these mountains in the snow um, because I know that it is something that's a little bit special that not everyone gets to see and it makes it a bit more challenging or it adds a different layer of challenge Mm -hmm. but we're not out doing these trails because they're easy (laughs) the fact that they are difficult is one of the draws to them Um, so i'm gonna i i I see the snow as a very positive thing
0: i think you just defined it there but i'm gonna ask you this anyway and i think i already know the answer but does the conditions of an early i guess in new zealand it's fall going into fall winter does the conditions impede you at all like the, this journey you've been on along the TA, this hike you've been along the TA, this broader journey through New Zealand, like getting out there in the snow, you said there's a different beauty. But it, are you looking down the pipeline of those next 300, 400 kilometers, whatever it may be, and being like, well, this is not what I expected. I need to reroute again. Like, Or are you just fully in the moment and just looking at that endpoint and saying, I'll get there?
1: Yeah, I'll get there. and. In in this in in this reality I'm living in right now, um, uh, I'm I'm intending to hike PCT Norcal starting in mid-May, and that means that I'm probably going to be snowshoeing a lot of PCT Norcal um, <laughs> until all of that snow melts. So if I'm getting some snow in New Zealand, well, <laughs> this is going to be my reality for a lot of the months of May and June. Huh. So it's, it's a little bit of a warm-up for my future to come. Um, you know, snow is, if anything, it's a blessing because when it's snowing on you, you're not typically getting wet. Whereas um, if it's 10 degrees warmer, you know, you're getting rain that's 35, 40 degrees on you. And that is impossible to stay anything resembling comfortable in those conditions where in snow, you can't see the same as in a rainstorm because a lot of times you're inside of the cloud that's making the snow. Um, But it just falls and bounces off of you. And okay, you continue forwards.
0: Yeah, I would prefer snow any day over rain. I've had more uncomfortable that even transcend into dangerous experiences in that rain that's right above that snow temperature than snow. Like rain is Far, in my opinion, far, far worse. So you're just enjoying life, man. You're just walking, enjoying life, having a good time. Like you're just doing you, man. (laughs) Kudos on that. So I have two last questions of the show that I want to try to wrap it up with. And this second to last one, I'm gonna ask it, and I ask it to every hiker. And of course, it's gonna take a different context for you because of that muscular disease you did define. But I'm gonna still ask it anyway because I'm just curious with your answer. So. The second to last question I'd like to wrap this up with is, is there an endpoint of hiking, and yes, I know it's there's that endpoint that is coming down the pipeline, no matter what, but like is there an endpoint before that, or is there a goal that you're overarchingly reaching for um yeah, so is there a different endpoint slash a goal that you're looking for
1: so the the overall goal I'd set for myself um while I was grappling with this disease and hiking the Pacific Crest Trail is um, with the knowledge that I'm not going to be able to walk forever, what's everything I think I'm going to want to walk, um, and uh, a timeline that I can do it all in. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the I'd like to hike the major mountain ranges of the United States. So the Appalachians, the Continental Divide, and the Pacific Crest while on the PCT, uh, which was my first long trail, I found that I liked the desert portion of it the best. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to hike the major deserts of the um, United States as well. Um, and so we have the CDT desert of the PCT desert we have the Arizona Trail, and maybe one day the we hey Duke. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, see, that one's still a little bit scary. Uh-huh. Um, And then I wanted to do something that I can't find anywhere in the US, Um, something that has uh, environments and uh, landscapes that is somewhat unique from what I would find on the other big mountain ranges. Mm. And I settled on New Zealand for that. Um, So uh I've I've done a few little bonus hikes along the way. Um I got to I got I had the wonderful privilege of hiking across northern Minnesota on the Superior Trail in mid June, nice. which for anyone listening, don't do that. Hike <laughs> it in September and the leaves are changing. Don't feed the mosquitoes. There are plenty. Uh-huh. They uh <laughs> let them go hungry. <laughs> um um But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I've kind of dedicated this portion of my life to doing a lot of walking and I'm going to keep doing it as long as I can, but Mm -hmm. realistically, it's probably going to start happening a lot less after I finish the Appalachian trail. Um, I might find my way over to Europe and do some walking over there. There's a few routes that seem kind of interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, this is not something I'm going to be able to do forever, and I um, really want it to end on my own terms, having accomplished the goals I set out with, mm-hmm. rather than ending with a catastrophic injury I got by falling somewhere I really shouldn't have. Mm-hmm.
0: So it sounds like the goals are shifting, because like from what you just defined, you've hiked a lot of these major deserts, you've hiked a lot of these major mountain ranges, you've now hiked in New Zealand, and... Um, and it's just shifting as you continue to hike. So it sounds, again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like the goal right now is always a different place, but overarchingly is to walk while you have the ability to walk.
1: Using my legs while they still work. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: Oh man. So second to last question I got for you, Jenga. I know it's getting close to midnight over over in New Zealand. Um, This you can take in any aspect you want. You can define it to a singular, you can define it to the plural. Um, so I'm gonna just ask you see where you go. So what does the trail mean to
1: you? It's freedom. Mm. Uh, you, you have food on your back, uh, you've got water in the bottles, and you get to go wherever your feet take you. Mm. And that could mean that you have the freedom to choose to end your day at lunchtime because Uh, you found an incredibly scenic place. Uh, you have the freedom to choose to walk until three in the morning because you make that decision to set yourself up to have a really early day into town. The next day you have the freedom to choose to take an on trail zero because you don't want to hike that day. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you have all of this choice to, um, you have all of the room to make choices that you're not able to in the real world. I mentioned this earlier, you know, you have to put gas in your car, you have to go uh, to work, you have to make money, you have to do the things that your boss wants you to do at work. We're out here. I only have to do what's, uh, I think is the right thing to do. And some people may look at that as a selfish mindset, you know, only doing things for myself. Um, But I find that there's uh, that the freedom that you get from this uh, lifestyle is utterly intoxicating. Mm. Um, And uh, I, I, you know, my life is not lived by alarms. The only reason I said alarms is because I've chosen to do so because maybe the stars might look nice at three in the morning or maybe i really want to make sure i'm going to see the sunrise mm-hmm. uh, but otherwise i mm-hmm. wake up when my body tells me to i take naps in the middle of the day if my body tells me to i eat chocolate bars um or a sleep of oreos for breakfast because i think that's something that i'll want to do mm-hmm. and you end up accomplishing some some kind of amazing things along the way like you, you wake up one day and realize oh I'm about to finish walking across an entire country yeah oh that was pretty cool <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and the freedom to walk within rain and that's selfish you pointed out very quickly and this could be this would be a whole nother show but that's se- that quote-unquote selfish aspect of hiking I had a very wise older gentleman that probably everybody knows within the hiking community And one of my first chats with him ever, he said that same term. He said, what we do is selfish at its essence. And it's a fair assessment when you're looking outwardly in, and it's even a fair assessment when you look directly at what you're doing. But it's also unfair in the context of when you take care of yourself, then you have the ability to take care of others. So it may be an immediate selfish pursuit of the moment, but if you become a better person through hiking, through experience in the world, you're able to care deeper. You're able to love deeper. You're able to share joy with others deeper. And like, I guess you can transcend that selfishness into just shared connection. And yeah, that, that's a talking point. I could, I could talk for hours on Jenga, but I'd like that you pointed that out because I've heard the same thing. And again, it's fair and an unfair definition of many a hiker.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I personally don't think that, what I'm doing is selfish no. because what what should I be doing? Should I be a good citizen that's working and making a lot of money so that I can pay taxes and I can buy things and make the GDP of our country grow up? Like, <laughs> is that the overall goal for why we are here in life? Well, or, um, or, if you, or could we maybe take a different path?
0: Yeah, or even if you looked at your interactions, say you are <laughs> adding to the GDP, <laughs> say you are Making that quote unquote wealth. But your day-to-day, you might just be become a grumpy, like depressed, just upset person because you weren't pursuing your joy. And by being by providing to a broader quote unquote society, you're not providing to it because your interactions with everyone throughout your day would probably be unenjoyable. Like you're not lifting anybody else's spirits up. You're not sharing deep like conversation with others because the provision to the GDP is not the provision to yourself and through yourself, the provision to make other people happier. And like, again, everybody has their own definition of stuff, but that's a major goal in life is like, make people happier. And that's, that's the quantity and not quantity, but that's like the definition of, I I believe what life should be. So yeah, it, it I don't know, it's, it's hard to unpack that thought because selfish, unselfish, I think it's, I think it's the right thing if it's the right thing for you.
1: Yeah, I, I, I haven't found any sort of major uh, qualms with this lifestyle and I intend to keep walking for a few years yet, so I love it, um, um, I've, I've made my peace with it and with all the walking you've done, I'm sure you've made a uh, similar peace within yourself as well.
0: I'm just a turbulent individual though, man. I've made some peace, but my mind's a weird place to be. Well, have you seen with this chat? <laughs> but <laughs> any anyway, then. <man. laughs> It's been an absolute privilege to speak to you, man. I know you got hiking in your future tomorrow. Um, I'm gonna wrap up the show with kind of giving the platform over to you so people can find those beautiful photos you take, man, and just like, yeah, learn more about you, follow your journey. So yeah, the platform is yours.
1: Right, so um, I only take pictures because I think it's fun and the platform that I found is easy enough to post it on is Instagram. So you can find me on Instagram at JengaDown, J-E-N-G-A, like the block stacking game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, It's JengaDown, all one word. Uh, And that is my home on the internet.
0: All right. I will link that in the show notes. And I said this word a lot in this show, Jenga, but... You really are. You really do have a healthy mindset, man. Like it's been an absolute privilege to speak to you. So thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to join us.
1: It was my pleasure to do so, Constantine. Uh, I hope you go and have yourself some nice walks in your future as well. Well, that'll do it for this week. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to pop on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever player you use and leave a rating and a review. It helps other people find the show.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Eleven Skies, gear that will change with you, not for you. So give us a check out at 11skies.com. And that's the show.
1: See you next week.